everyone. Welcome to another installment of the Puck Around podcast presented by Fantasy Hockey Network. I'm your host, Avery Rosen, joining you on this lovely Monday afternoon with our co-host, Jace Rosen, Stephen Miotto. Fellas, how's your Monday treating you? Good fantasy week, three and one, um, with the big, big loss being in one of the uh, one of our more important leagues, unfortunately, but still making ground in all the other leagues, kind of uh, persevering through a ton of injuries right now. It seems that everybody's day to day or out. Now preach, yeah. So the whole world is, yeah, legit. So that's a little unfortunate, but you know what? Sun's shining. Hockey's going on. I'm happy. Apparently, only Kyle Kagan gets injuries. That's why he uh, can change his team name to the infirmary. I was really happy I beat him. Because if, <laughs> I, had, if I lost to somebody who had, call, had self-deprecated down to the infirmary, I didn't want, I would have felt bad. He called me yesterday and he was just like, I have three less roster spots than Steve. If Steve doesn't beat me, it's embarrassing. Uh, I might be paraphrasing here, but he was like, he should be beating me. And the fact that I'm this close in is pretty good. I was like, yeah, it's impressive. Kyle, Kyle, you can't see it, but I'm playing the world's smallest violin right now. <laughs> uh, he, uh, no. You know what? I, I'm an all right. I got one league that I draft. It's funny how fantasy works. The one that I didn't like my draft, I'm absolutely crushing uh, category league, I've won nine, two, eight, three, and eight, three. I'm first by a mile. And then in our league, the one the three of us are in, mm-hmm. lost my first week because of an idiotic lack of goaltending <laughs> starts. But other than that, I'm one and one in the other two weeks. And then in uh, and then in our other league, I'm just a big fat O and three. It hurts. Oh, have you uh, have you met have you met my friend Owen? Owen who? Owen three. Uh, <laughs> not funny. It's it's I, I based all on injuries. Saw that coming you, from a mile away. Why don't you pull out that violin for me, buddy? I know, I know. Um, actually, before we get into injury news, do you see that trade that happened in our league last night? I wanted to get your opinions on it. So Kyle tra- traded for uh, Jacob Chitrin, and he gave up Mark Giordano. Mm-hmm. Wanted to know your opinions on that. Um, I didn't like that trade from Kyle's side. Giordano on, on middle pack teams has put up Norris level numbers. He's one of Norris. He's put up really good numbers. I know he's getting up there in age mm-hmm. and I know it's the Kraken, but I kind of think the Kraken are better than Arizona. They are better yeah. than Arizona. <laughs> and Chitrin, as much as what he did the last couple of years, zero points right now whereas Giordano's putting up decent numbers and he's a captain so he's he's a leader and he seems to step up every couple of years with a big year so I don't know I didn't like it uh, we were talking about Chitrin last week and I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of of what his sort of position was or his environment was then so yeah no I I, I would have preferred to kept keep Giordano for, no question I understand what he's doing there. It's a classic upside trade. Um, if Chitron does play well or even play remotely close to last year, then it, it's good value. I think, to be honest, if I was Kyle and I was making that trade, I'd probably go for, I'd probably offer a little bit less than Giordano. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably get yeah. it done without having to offer Giordano, who's been like a solid D3 
right he's solid he's got yeah. he's got five points he's getting good amount of blocks um on pp1 um opportunities there for him i and i yeah. think he'll be steadily you know around 40-ish points a bit over it probably uh, as long as he stays healthy jacob chicharin you're just you're banking on him getting to where he was last year and like we talked about last week i don't see it i don't think it's a good situation ghost despair keeps taking those power play minutes what it seems like and their power play to begin with just isn't the greatest so i i i i think i'm with you like it's not like he gave up someone in draft capital who he spent of you know he didn't he drafted him in later rounds giordano mm-hmm. but what you're getting going forward will probably be pretty similar at least at least from what i i believe so uh i i'm with you i would have tried to sell even lower offer even less than giordano yeah yeah but i mean i don't think it's a terrible deal i think he probably could have tried to get more value out of it by selling even lower because i guarantee the chitrin owner right now like we speak i've spoken to a couple people who have chitrin and they're just like do i drop this guy right and whenever you have that mentality with a guy you never like trading for a guy who's on a power play one for a solid team not great team but still solid team in their division like usually don't get that when you're contemplating dropping a guy in the first place right so um i don't think it's terrible no, I still don't think it's but terrible. I'm just looking at uh, the Yahoo trade market to see if there are other any Chitrin trades. There's one other trade today, and it was Jacob Chitrin for Justin Falk. So I, I think that's similar to that's... what I would want to give up, to be honest, at, at this point over Geo. Listen, it's a droppable player. Someone who perceives J- Jacob Chitrin at least as a droppable player for a waiver yeah. wire guy. That's the trade, mm-hmm. right? I right. think that can be done. I, that's why I'm saying like, I don't know if I would have offered Giordano. I probably would have offered someone who I wouldn't really care too much about dropping right now. And right. you still probably could have got the deal done. Okay, let's let's get into this long list of injury and lineup news that I got here for you. We'll start with Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Matt Zuccarello, Jakob Silverberg, Victor Arvidsson were all put in COVID protocol over the last week. Silverberg and Arvidsson were yesterday. Um, O'Reilly and Zuccarello were last week, about middle to early last week. Um, for those two, I believe they actually tested positive, and I believe it's minimum 10 days. Um, Silverberg and Arvidsson, I don't know if they actually tested. They might just be in protocol, and they could be back at some point this week. Uh, stay tuned for that. Chris Letang did skate this morning. I think it was by himself, though. Um, but they don't play until Thursday, actually, so they might, he might be back in the lineup for Thursday. Uh, the good news on that front, though, is they did get Crosby and Jeff Carter back over the weekend. And when Sid the Kid's playing, hockey's just a better place. Uh, William Carlson, Vegas cannot catch a break right now. It, it's unfortunate for them because they are, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the league. Um, but when you're losing your top players like flies, it's tough to compete. William Carlson broke his foot over the weekend. Uh, he's going to be out at least six weeks. Mark Stone, there's still no update there. Oh, he actually um, skated Friday. I know Mark he's been Stone. skating, but I don't think there's any update on when he's supposed to be actually like back. Um, and I've heard it's a back injury that they're just like, they don't really know what's, what's going to be going down over the next few weeks. So we'll see how he's skating. We'll keep you updated there and, and hopefully he's back sooner than later. Uh, wouldn't necessarily shock me if he's back around the same, same time as Pacioretty is though. Um, speaking of coming off of COVID though, we got Patrick Kane. He's back in the lineup tonight. That'll be a big boost for Patrick Kane owners. Uh, Mike Smith is still out unfortunately not available tonight i was i was hoping he would be back tonight i'm i'm sick of seeing miko koskin in that personally um but it is what it is hopefully he's back at some point this week 
these sharks sharks had a really really uh, uh eventful weekend i guess on saturday night like literally it was about an hour before the game i guess they announced that they had to put like several players i think it was six or seven players uh on the covid protocol list i'm not sure what the statuses are i did hear that some of them are actually symptomatic so we'll keep you posted there but when it comes to Logan Couture, actually, it wasn't actually COVID related. I believe it was just uh-huh. some other sort of illness. And he is supposed to be back, I think, tomorrow. Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley skated today for the first time in what feels like forever. And it feels like he could go tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we see him back. Matt Murray. Matt Murray's back off an injury. He's going to be starting tonight against Chicago um, and could likely get three starts this week, just see how, based on how they play him. Although, um, if you are going to stream him, I believe like they got, I think it's uh, Chicago tonight, Minnesota tomorrow, and Philip Gustafson's going to go tomorrow. But I think their final two games is against Vegas and Tampa Bay. So they're going to be tough opponents, no doubt. So it's, it's, you know, it's interesting for tonight. I'm not sure if I would keep it for the whole week though. TJ Oshie, he's out, out going to be out for the whole, for a couple of weeks, I believe now with a lower body injury. Uh, Jared McCann was put into COVID protocol over the weekend. Uh, Ricard Raquel put on IR last week. He's going to be out at least a week, uh, if not longer. Sam Bennett, Miko Rantanen, they remain day-to-day. Uh, they missed some time over the weekend. Drew Doughty, uh, we've, we talked about it last week. We didn't have the full timetable, though. He is going to be out for eight weeks, what it seems like. Uh, me and Jace both actually rushed to the waiver wire to pick up the wrong defenseman. Uh, I picked up Alex Edler. He picked up Matt Roy. We both <laughs> believe them to be on power play one. We were both wrong. It was actually Kale Clegg. Uh, LA does only have two games this week. But if Kale Clegg's on that top power play going forward, I do think he's a really interesting pickup. Um, and actually looked good. I watched a couple of those games over the weekend. He did look good. Uh, Devin Taves is supposed to make his return, I think, Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Ellis is not going to be playing tomorrow. Uh, Brennan Gallagher, Jeff Petrie, they remain day-to-day. And I believe that's it, guys. I am out of breath. Did I miss anything? I think we should just rename the show uh, the injury report. It's actually wild. I, it kind of feels reminiscent of the NBA uh, season last year where they were just going through so many injuries because of how much you know basketball they played in the span mm-hmm. of two years. Don't know if it's the same reason, but it's, it's not just injuries. I know some of it's COVID protocol, but cases have come down relative to last year. I know Protocol has probably become less stringent because everyone's traveling uh, across the continent, but it's annoying fantasy wise, at least, right? Just want everyone to be okay. No, it, it definitely makes our lives a bit more of a headache as a fantasy manager, but these are the times we live in. There are, like, as much as we think it's, you know, it's going away, cases are going down, like, it only takes one person getting it. And then in those locker rooms, which are tighter, right. Than than you know, other, you know, sports like baseball. And, and I feel like NFL is a bit more, um, they have more space between those guys. And I don't think they're necessarily traveling as much together. They have their groups together and they're kind of separated. Um, which is why I guess you haven't seen it as much as a thing in the NFL this year. Like it hasn't been, there's, they've had been cases, but it, it really hasn't been as big an issue as it was last year, which is kind of interesting. I finished off there with Gallagher and Petrie because I kind of wanted to go right into the Montreal news, which was probably the biggest lineup news of the day. Uh, and that is everyone's Calder Trophy uh, candidate to start the year, at least. And that is Cole Caulfield, who was sent down to the AHL today. Guys, what did you think of this news this morning? And as a fantasy owner who, uh, who owns Cole Caulfield, what would you do? 
I was actually driving back and I was on the phone with Kyle and he just stopped our conversation. He goes, whoa, big news. A person on a Canadian hockey team was just dropped down to the AHL. Who do you think it is? And I was like, what? He goes, it's big news. And it's a person <laughs> on a Canadian hockey team. Who do you think was dropped to the AHL? It's like, wow, they sent Caulfield down. He's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I actually asked Kyle that too. Honestly, I, I didn't really know what to make out of it. I feel like for a guy who had this much hype and obviously this level of expectation before starting a season, I figured that, you know, he might have his, his slumps here and there, but he would still be a constant in the lineup, but I guess it's kind of a wake up call, right? Like you can, and I don't dislike it from the Montreal side of things. Like you can't just come in here and, you know, not perform and expect to just keep a solid roster spot. Like it's, it's a competitive team. It's a competitive sport. And, you know, there's a lot of people vying for your position. So give them some time to kind of brush up and adjust his mindset, kind of show him that like, you know, it's tough to play in this league and you're going to have to get used to, you know, trying to do as much as possible and be of as much value as possible when you're not scoring. And especially for a rookie, if you're not scoring, you're not really doing too much for the team, then you can be dropped to the minors. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it sucks for people who have Cole Caulfield. Thankfully, I didn't draft him, but a lot. There's a it, lot. I didn't oh, yeah. realize 51%, already 13% dropped. That means there was almost two thirds of all fantasy owners, I mean, players, mm-hmm. held him. His ADP was 100, right? Like, this was a guy that was getting taken in the you know, the eighth, ninth, 10th round and was pretty much showing on every single draft board, at least on Yahoo. And I'm 99% sure it was at the same kind of level on ESPN, but it was a guy who was showing up on every single draft board during every single fantasy hockey draft and likely getting picked in 90% of those drafts. So it is a tough blow. And I mean, I don't, I, I, I would drop him if I had him. Uh, it sucks, but I think he has an NA designation. So I'm not sure some leagues have an NA spot. Right. Some don't. And for the ones that don't, it's a guy who's going to be playing for Laval on your fantasy hockey team. So <laughs> at least your fantasy NHL hockey team. So I don't know. I think you got to cut it there and wait till or he gets called back up. Minor boost for Drew N uh, owners because Caulfield was on the top power play unit um, on, on the half wall. And that's where Drouin is slotted in the second unit. So you have to think that Drouin's moving up. It also cements both Drouin and Hoffman's roles as top six left wingers. So, I mean, I, I there was no, didn't seem like there was any chance that they were going to be usurped because of his production. But in terms of power play, Duran owners get a little bit of a minor boost or positive boost in that sense. I was saying to somebody the other day, like they're lucky, like there's been so much going on in the NHL that like with the Maple Leafs, with Chicago, with, with Vegas, that like no one has really been talking about how bad the Montreal Canadiens have been to start of the season. Like they, I believe they're two and two and seven, two and eight maybe. And they just, they don't look like a team. What are they? Two and what? Just say it. Two and eight. Two and eight. And they, they don't look like a team at all that went to the Stanley Cup final last season. They look like the, the team that finished 18th in the league last season. 
right? They, 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 and even, I don't even know if they look that good, if we're being real. I think this is more of a reset than anything. I, I, I do think he's going to be back up here at some point. That being said, like, you can't really keep him on your roster. Like, unless it's a dynasty league, right? Where you're not really, you know, getting rid of younger guys. You can kind of keep those guys around. It depends on who your actual, you know, your place in the standings and what you're trying to go for this year. But unless you have that NA spot on in your league, like, you got to drop him. <laughs> like, like, you're not trade. What are you trading him for at this point? Nothing. Nothing. No one's going to accept that trade. I wouldn't accept that trade. Who would you rather have, Cole Caulfield or Chandler Stevenson? Chandler Caulfield. Stevenson. He's got four goals. Okay. He's playing in the he's NHL. As as <laughs> 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 no, that, that's all you got to say. Like, like, and Chandler Stevenson is available, I think, in like 50-something percent of leagues. Um, in, in all deep leagues, he's gone off the table already. Maybe someone out there is like, you know what? He's going to be back at some point. I've started 2-1, two, 3-0, two and one, three and, oh, and, you know, he does that long-term upside for the playoffs. If you can find maybe one of those guys, it's it's probably going to be very difficult. Um, maybe that's the only thing I think you could do. I think you try to send out some offers first, but worst comes to worst, you're like you're dropping them, right? Like I like there's no other choice. Like this is fantasy hockey, and if he's in Laval, that's just a wasted roster spot. I I do think he he has a lot of skill, but like Jace was saying, he you're not doing much out there. He's a, he's a small guy. Right. And I still think he's kind of coming into his own body. Like he's, he's looked a little weak on the puck. I think we've, we've seen that over the years with like a guy like Mitch Marner. Um, and it takes time to really learn how to play in this league. Um, so let him go down, get some more confidence. The whole team really needs is, is could, she needs to be sent down if we're talking about it. Like they, like they have zero confidence right now. And like when they speak after games, they sound so deflated. Like they really do. Suzuki, uh petrie they all just sound really not in a good headspace and i know like we talk about leadership and all that stuff as you know intangibles and like it could be a little overrated i really do think they miss weber and price right now like just yeah. guys who probably keep them a bit level-headed in the room and, and and price can steal games right like price can be he's a rock he is their rock so i i just think that team is a bit of a tire fire right now and if you're a Cole Caulfield owner, you're probably going to have to just bite the bullet and, and give him the old drop. Most fantasy teams probably are already using up the one or two IR spots because of the way mm-hmm. the season started. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the guy I'm playing this week. He actually holds Caulfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's already got two players on his IR and another one just sitting there. Like, you right. can't – at a certain point, man, games come into play as well. And, yeah, if you're lucky enough to have nobody on COVID protocol or injury – maybe he's only down there for three weeks and you can sort of stash him away, but it's pretty unlikely that that's even worth doing. We should note though, in dynasty leagues and in keeper leagues, you don't drop Cole Caulfield. And if you see even in your keeper league that someone drops Cole Caulfield, that might be worth a pickup because instead of using a ninth or 10th round to, to save Cole Caulfield, you could be using your last round of the draft to save Cole Caulfield on your, on your squad for at least the next couple of years. So that's important to note. Obviously we, but if we're talking about a standard redraft league, then you got to cut ties. Shmelia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that, Jace, you want to take us into a little uh, too legit to quit action? Yeah. So let's just go and completely change notes here and talk about guys that are crushing it. And my question to you guys is whether or not you think this is actually sustainable. If you can keep these guys that were likely waiver wire pickups, 
and you think that they're going to provide season-long value. Are they all waiver wire guys, or like are they late they're, round picks? Uh, you might get a late round pick out of some of them, but I think for the most part, these are guys that were available on your free agency come the start of the season. So uh, I'm going to start us off here with one of my personal favorites, Lucas Raymond. He's got four goals. He's got five assists, so nine points in nine games. Do you guys think that Lucas Raymond is legit? Or are you willing to quit on Lucas Raymond? I I mean, he's having a hot start. There's always these couple of rookies that come out of left field and put up 50, 60 points that you weren't expecting to happen. Like, there's no way he maintains point per game. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago, four or five years ago, Matt Barzell, rookie season, 82 and 82. But do I see that on the Detroit team that really does score by committee? They've had a pretty good start. They've probably also overachieved, and that's saying something because they're probably around 500. Um, but, I mean, until he stops I, – I, he's not going to keep point per game. But do I quit on him at this point? Do I even sell high on this guy? Maybe, but I'd probably let him run with it a little bit. He's on the top line. Top line, top power play. That's the whole thing is whether or not you think he's going to continue to provide or he will continue to provide season-long value. Lucas Raymond – is legit he's legit i uh i don't i'm with steve i don't think he's going to be a point per game player this year um but i don't i think 60 points honestly if he's playing all 82 games is is the floor i really do i think he he's a really talented player um he's getting about 60 minutes of ice time right now he's on pp1 he's playing with larkin and bertuzzi when bertuzzi is playing and <laughs> um like I, I i think he's really talented i really really do um he's in my uh my little waiver wire list here for deeper league or shallower league sorry like if he's available i think he's a good play this week with four games um but that being said i do also think he's a good sell high candidate because if you can get a guy who's got a bit more of a reputation who's a bit more safer for you know 70 ish plus points um lucas raymond is a good trade chip i think people are really getting on board with the hype right now i think he what he had a five point game four point game a couple like last week yeah, he did the hat trick. Yeah, hat trick, and I think an assist with it. Um, he's a he's an interesting little play here. Like if you could like if you somehow if you can get a guy to bite on like Lucas Raymond for like William Nylander, I'd rather Nylander, right? But I I, I think there's some interesting plays out there. I would I wouldn't think I think sending out some offers is a really good good idea. Um, maybe some other guys you could maybe who like who are some guys who would you trade him for? Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Well, you know if me. You I. I trade for the moon. I'll send a trade out off trade offer to anybody because I really don't care if people say no to me. I got a bad reputation, you know that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't. I think Nylander is a good trade target. I like that. I think that's a realistic prize there. I think that's a bit. He's having a good year, so people don't want to get rid of someone who's also having a good start. I think more on the like. I'm still high on this guy, like an Erickson Eck. He hasn't produced as much as I would have liked him to, but he's still playing with Kaprizov. He's getting top power play time. He's not a big name that I think is going to start putting up more points. Mm-hmm. I think that's something more reasonable. Um, I think I like- Nylander's a bit, a bit much. I mean, if you're in a league where you can trade Raymond for Nylander, bring me into that league, please. Uh, the only reason that. I said Nylander is because I'm looking at the, the Yahoo trade board here and I, I saw one deal, including those two. 
Um, there weren't oh, really many one for ones, but Nylander's only got six points through his first nine compared to ne- uh, Raymond with nine and nine. I'm just saying you could get somebody to bite there. Um, another name that kind of looks interesting to me there is who's n- underperforming Steve, like to Steve's point, uh, Nick Ehlers, who I think will bounce back at one point, but I think he only has two, three points to start the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that's a good, but just because of the underperformance, I, I kind of, put Nylander and Ehlers almost in the same tier right when you're yeah. drafting at least you're, you've got them side by side but Nylander had a couple goals to start whereas Ehlers only had the two goals in that one game where he stole mm. a game from Anaheim right and he hasn't really done much but yeah no that's another good candidate for sure listen I tell you all these guys I'm going to list right now are guys that you would say you could trade high for and I think it's whether or not you guys are comfortable keeping them on your roster for the rest of the season because every person I say here, you could be like, you could trade high and you can get something good for them. Realistically. Well, if they're all performing well, though, at this point in time, there's no point in just dropping them right away, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to. No, it's um, whether or not that we can we can give you our opinions if we believe it's really going to last. You're not. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, next guy here. We'll go with his teammate, Mo Sider. One goal or sorry, zero goals, but eight assists four power play points. Still nine games. He looks good. I mean, he's uh, they're showing a graphic on the on Saturday night when the Leafs were playing the Red Wings of other rookie defensemen with this many points through their first 10 games or nine games. And I know that's a super small sample size, but it was really good company. I mean, there's no reason he, he was highly touted. He's on the top unit. Every time you're quarterbacking a power play, uh, you should do pretty well. Letty is sort of past his prime. I doubt Ronick or Ronick is going to take him off the top power play considering how well he's playing. So yeah, I, I could see it again, not at, especially not for a defenseman playing at almost a point per game pace, but definitely someone that you can keep as a f- number three, four or five defenseman, depending on your depth. Yeah, no, it's Steve nailed that. I, um, eight points through nine games. Uh, and we talk about it all the time, opportunity and talent. He's getting a ton of ice time, averaging 22 minutes, 30 seconds, pretty much. Um, PP1, and that's that's what you want if you're playing fantasy hockey. It's plus minus, and I know in some leagues they don't even keep it. Um, it is even right now. So, I, And I really don't like to put too much stock into that anyway. It's like, what, look at the other categories and what he's doing for me there. Um, four power play points, four even strength points. He's doing it at all strengths. And I think he's a good bet for, for where you drafted him or where you picked him up off the waiver wire. I think it's a really good move. And, you know, I, I, I think he's another guy who could probably get to around 40 ish points. And if you got that from with, with late draft value or off the wire, I think that's, that's great. So yeah, most cider legit. Only one game where he hasn't gotten a shot on net. So he obviously he's probably popping a couple more goals too. All right. Another guy here who has been fantastic. He has an eight-game point streak right now. And it's gone very, very, very under the radar. Someone I picked up last week, and I'm very happy about that. But still, Troy Terry on the Ducks has five goals and five assists in nine games. And the first game, he did nothing. So he has five goals and five assists in eight games, his last eight games at least. Ten points in the season. What do you guys think? So Troy Terry is a bit more of an interesting case for me. I've been on the Troy Terry train actually the past few years and I just haven't seen it yet. But then all of a sudden you're right. Like I didn't even know he was on a games point streak. Um, He's looked, he's looked great. He has looked great to start the year. Um, I don't think it's legit. 
I, I think he's going to be closer to like a 50-ish point guy. Um, personally, he's shooting at 27.8% right now, um, which is really astronomically high compared to his career high of, of 10%, um, which, which isn't bad. You know, that's much closer to the average NHL player. Um, I just think Anaheim seems like they're going to be more by committee. Um, you know, their ice time there is a little weird. Like last few games, he's been playing, I think, over 20 minutes. Um, but on the year, he's averaging just about 15 minutes of ice. So their, their PP units are kind of interesting. He plays them pretty evenly. That's Dallas Eakins, head coach of uh, Anaheim. Um, I, I just think, you know, at one point, Henrique's having a good year. Shattenkirk's obviously starting hot. They're, they're kind of overperforming to me. And to me, I, I, I think at one point, he is going to be someone you could probably drop. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking at him too, and it was his, his time on ice that was worrying me. And then the last two games, he played over 20 minutes. Um, but I kind of, without repeating everything Avery just said, I'm sort of in line with what he's thinking. So yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's a good player. But I, I also think Getzlaff's also having a pretty good start to the year, and he's looked pretty weak the last couple of years. I don't think it's going to continue. Interesting. Interesting. I'm a big Troy Terry fan, so um we'll get in one more here and this is someone that avery's a big fan of so i think we're i, I think i know where he might <laughs> skew here but jordan Cairo, two goals seven assists nine points nine games played legit or quit jordan Cairo is legit the we talked about talent opportunity the opportunity necessarily isn't there as much as some of the other guys we mentioned raymond mosider um but this guy is really, really talented. Like, I've watched a bunch of Blues games because I got a bunch of Blues players, Krug, O'Reilly, Perron, to name a few. Um, and he pulls out some moves sometimes. His toe drags are phenomenal. He had a couple, we had a goal against, uh, I think it was Arizona earlier in the year that was just sick, just nasty. Um, he's probably overperforming right now. I think it's definitely a guy you could really sell high on. Like we mentioned, all these guys are probably guys you could sell high on. But I do think he's going to be a 60-point player this year. Um, really good five-on-five five numbers. The only thing I'd like to see more of is just him getting more ice time. But I, I'm a big Jordan Cairo guy. I believe in Jordan Cairo. And, and, but if you can get someone who's a bit more um, you know, stable, I guess, in that sense of what you're going to get, I think you can make a move. But he's a good player. I, I really do believe in Jordan Cairo. If I remember correctly, uh, like, and unlike all the other guys that we've sort of gone through now, he had a pretty good year last year too, production-wise in that second half. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he hasn't done it before. And in terms of power play, but production, they've got James Neal on the top unit right now on the left side, um, where he could definitely fit in if Neal doesn't produce. So I think just to interrupt you, I think it's Neal's there because O'Reilly's on COVID protocol, though. Ah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, in terms of in terms of what we've seen out of him last year and what he's doing. He's on the top unit right now. I mean, I don't know if that'll change up when O'Reilly's back, but I would presume that O'Reilly would be taking a center position anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see him being moved off of a, He's either going to be with Shen and Perron or O'Reilly and Perron, right? If they're not making any changes. So no, I, I, he's legit. So I'm just looking at the Yahoo trade market here. I want to, want to know which side you guys would rather have here. Because actually, I'm, I'm a little torn. Um, so the one side they traded Jordan Cairo and Kalorn for David Perron. Mm. I probably prefer Kalorn and Cairo, even though they're both having really starts to the year. Mm-hmm. I, uh, 
I think it depends on the league because in a league with more, I guess even in its positional requirements and the smaller roster size, two for one trades are fantastic. Sure. That's right. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to send off probably, I've sent off probably like 45 two for one trades <laughs> over the last uh, two weeks and I'm over 45. So the Perron side is appealing. Um, that being said, Alex Kalorin has also been low-key fantastic. But He's been amazing. They've both yeah. been, been stellar. All yeah. three of those players have really had great starts to their season. They have. Um, I think I would probably lean the Perron side just because, uh, you know, if you looked at my board to start the year, he was in, he was, I had him really high. Me too. Um, I think he's a really good goal scorer, really good on the power play. Um, and he plays a ton. Shooter, love it to see it. Um, and like you said, the two for ones are you're normally trying to give up a little bit like value on both ends so you can like upgrade at one position, right? And, and if that's the case, like, you know, Perron is the best forward in that deal, right? And it depends on what the next player you're picking up with, like that empty spot now is too. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially right. in a small roster size, you can find some good players on the wire and then it's mm-hmm. Perron plus that good player. So, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Jace, is that all you got for us? That's too legit. Or are we quitting? I, I don't like how you guys shared the opinion on pretty much every single one. So I'm trying to dig into my, uh, my bag of tricks here and see if I can find somebody that might kind of cause a split in here. Oh, um, well, I'm not give you guys one. Okay. Cause sure. I, it's someone I hold, so I might be biased. I brought him up earlier. Pre-call uh, comfort on the avalanche. He's on the top power play unit and that's before Rantan got hurt. Second unit uh, five on five. In, in one of our leagues, he's a top 50 player fantasy ranking. So he's scoring a lot of goals and he's scoring them in spurts uh, or actually just all around production in spurts. But from what it sounds like in terms of what the coach has said, he really thinks he's someone that's going to continue to produce on the power play. And that's a pretty lethal power play top unit. What do you guys think? Honestly, I, I think I'm still a little, little bearish on JT Comfer. Um I just think there's just depth on that Colorado team. And I mean, Rantanen is out. And I think all those top guys haven't been playing kind of at their peak capabilities right now. And I think once they get back to the level, which I believe they all will, that their role will expand and his role, even on the power play too, might kind of dip a little bit. Uh, That being said, like if your coach has a vote of confidence in you and especially on that team and on that power play, it is a very encouraging sign. I will say though that i would quit on jt comfer i know we didn't want to agree here but but i'm also going to agree <laughs> um, um so jt comfer don't get me wrong i do think he's a good player uh eight points through eight games he's having a great start the thing that's pretty crazy to me here though i'm just looking at some of these stats here he's at average time on ice this year 19 minutes 35 seconds compared to last year of 14 minutes that's a huge boost. It's a huge, huge boost. And I feel like once some of those guys get to come back, like I think they've been missing Yost a bunch of, uh, for a bunch of minutes. Nachushkin may have been out for a bit. Uh, Ranton has been out the past few games. I do think he's going to be more of a, a 40-ish point guy. Uh, I think that's his floor, around 40 points. Like just, you know, last year at 18 and 48. But the year before that, he was 31 and 67, 32 and 66. Um, and I think that's kind of more of the player we're going to get, you know, 15 ish goals, 15 to 20 goals, 20, 25 assists. JT Comfort kind of reminds me of like 
He's like Colorado Alex Kerfoot. Is kind of what he just seems to me. Just a small guy, center. I think he's. I think he's a much better player. Person. I think he's better, but he just reminds me of a Colorado Alex Kerfoot. This is a guy. What? It's a guy you forget about. Yeah, a guy is just like yeah. He's he's pretty solid, but like there's some really good players ahead of him. Right. Okay. So let's stop agreeing with each other and let's move on to some uh, some waiver wire market here. Um, as always, you know, it's about winning your weekly matchup and we got some names here that, you know, we think could be, you know, kind of put you over the edge this week. It's a bit, uh, of a weird schedule. Actually, we have five teams playing four games and there's seven teams actually playing only two games this week. Um, which really just blows to be honest. I don't, the NHL schedule has been super weird to start. Um, but playing four games this week, we got Chicago, Detroit, Nashville, Ottawa, and Vegas. Uh, two games this week, we have Boston, Carolina, Colorado, Columbus, Florida, uh, Los Angeles, and Pittsburgh. Uh, so with that in mind, Jace, you want to give us some names you've been thinking, you've been looking at? So I actually really like Chicago this week. They have probably the most perfect streaming schedule I've ever yeah. seen. It's, where... it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, right? Yeah, it's literally all the off nights, at least the less busy nights this week. So if you pick up somebody on this team, you'll play them on your starting roster and they're perfectly spaced out two, two or day in between day in between day in between. Like I, I what more can you ask for there? Uh, outside of players that actually play on that team. And speaking of that Kirby doc, 30% rostered. He's has, he's been off to a decent start. And honestly, he's just a great player. He's a big boy, good hands, Decent shot, and he's not on the first. Actually, he might be on the first power play now. Right, I believe with, Tyler with Johnson. Kane, with Tyler Johnson, you're right. I forgot yeah. to mention Tyler Johnson. He is. He's been hurting. He might be back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how they look with Kane there too. I'm yeah. not really sure what they're gonna do. They also, if Kane slots back in, they might keep Kubalik on that first unit and bring right. Doc down. Yeah, which is I feel like, like that's likely would happen. Yeah, uh, but it's also kind of crazy because like Kubalik's like been like an amazing power play producer on like a pp2 unit his entire career and now gets <laughs> to ride with the big boys so see how that goes jonathan taves is also only 44 percent rostered so even if you are in a i guess a shallower league and you can see a name like jonathan taves available like even kirby week, doc like I, oh, I know like just like in our deep leagues that we have like those guys are not really available no, right now so not. it's really more deeper leagues that you know those guys you could get um, like I'm just looking at Chicago's roster. There aren't like too many guys I would really want to stream like in a deeper league. Like, no. like maybe Eric Gustafson. And honestly, Connor Murphy is kind of interesting if we're looking for a defenseman. But forward wise, it's it's Kurish Dever, Brandon Hagel, really. Yeah, the only names I had on this list were were Taves and, and Doc. Like if mm-hmm. Taves is not there, then Doc's really the I think the most stream worthy player on that team. Right. Uh, other teams, though, with four games, we still have Detroit here. So Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider have both reached their 50% quota, 50% roster quota. So can't put them on this list. But Robbie Fabry is playing on the top power play, second line. He's only at 8% rostered. He's somebody that I would look at for, uh, for next week. The four games shoots the puck too. I love the shooters outside of Detroit. You could also go into Philip Zadina. I think that's for deeper, deeper leagues. He's only in the, he's on the second power play. 
I don't like to get too tangled up in the second power play of teams that I think are just okay. So uh, my main target is Fabry on that team. Nashville is another good streaming team because they have a lot of top power play guys that are available. Grandland's at 10% rostered. Johansson's at 14% rostered. Duchesne's at 11% rostered. And those guys are playing pretty well. They're playing mm-hmm. pretty decent hockey. So if you can snag one of those guys on the wire, that would be really good. I like Grandland in particular because he also has dual position eligibility. I believe he's a center and a right wing. So that is uh, another team that is really good for this week. Um, outside of Nashville, there's Ottawa with Chris Tierney being a good target. Connor Brown, I think, is another good target. Tierney's at 3% roster. Brown's at 15%. Stutzla's dipped below the 15% line, so I'm going to put him in here. He's at 46%. He's on the first power play, at least, so good value there. Finally, we got Vegas with four games. Chandler Stevenson has got to be the guy now with no William Carlson, no Stone, no Pacioretty. They need a center. He's really their best center right now. And he's arguably been their best fantasy player this entire season, actually. So um, he's at 49% rostered, which means, I guess, more slim pickings, but still someone I'm interested in. Riley Smith is on the top line and also top power play, and he's at 16% rostered. I still think that's a good, valuable stream for this week as well. So um, you guys let me know if I miss any names here, Uh, but that's, that's who I'm looking at. These are my targets. Dadanov is another name. I know he's a second power play, but I could see them going half-half on the power play time just because mm-hmm. so many of the top guys are off. Yep. Um, Their power play has also answer- been awful. Like, I don't know if they have a power play goal yet this year. Oh, tell like, the so, so, on my team. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's not. That's what I'm saying. Is like they're they're splitting time a lot of it. Like I don't think there is a power play one, power play two there in Vegas right now. I believe it's Alec Martinez and Petrangelo on the top unit right now. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, it's Alec Martinez. I think Shea Theodore, and I think it's Dylan Coughlin and Alex Petrangelo on the second unit. They are really, but even last year they weren't really a great team no, for the power. They struggled. Play. They struggled they, on the power play. Yeah, they they're kind of a up and down power play squad, and they are missing some pretty good scores and good players in general. So the, the power play is going to naturally take a hit. Mm-hmm. But still, there is premium, and there's a premium to being there in the time of greatest Talent opportunity. And opportunity. There you go. Steve, you got more names? If you're looking for a defenseman, he's been pretty good. Artem Zub on Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, Zub. Second power play, but again, I kind of look at Ottawa almost the same way in the sense that I don't think either one of their, their power play units takes over as in terms of time on ice, but mm-hmm. Jace pretty much went through all the big names, like there's, it's it's not like it was a bunch of strong teams. Vegas would have been the strong team, but they're missing all of their depth because of their top guys. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at names like, again, Dadanov or or someone on I don't know, not 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 guys worth picking up other than on top of mm-hmm. what Jay said. Nemesnikov, again, I thought he would have been on the second unit. He's actually not, um, but he's actually been producing pretty well for Detroit. But yeah, there's not it, it there's not too many teams with guys to look at this week in my opinion do you guys think it's maybe good for us to also look at teams playing only two games this week because there could be some names that you might have especially from last week because some of these guys played four games like they're not playing that much this week if you wanted to cut ties with them it might not be a bad idea given their oh guys you think you could drop Drop. only playing two games yeah 
Um, yeah, like like who are you thinking? Craig Smith on Boston, Yasperi Kakanyemi on Carolina, Brett Pesci on Carolina, Andre Burkowski <laughs> on Colorado, Boone Jenner on Columbus, Max Domi on Columbus, Gustav <laughs> Forsling. Slow down there, big guy. Okay, one <laughs> at a time. Did you have this ready? <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like it. No, this is all top of the head. I memorized everything from before. <laughs> nah, this listen, there's a it's a weird schedule, right? And we always talk about man games being super important, right? So given how many teams are playing less games this week, I thought it would be important to, mm-hmm. you know, flag at least a couple of names that I think people might have rostered and might right. not necessarily be in their best interest to keep them on the roster. Right. So, I, I think in that, in those cases though, you should also look at what your opponent's dealing with too. Right. Yeah. Like, so, cause you're, everyone's in the same boat. Like, you know, there's one guy who I was kind of thinking of maybe dropping, but I think he's had a really good start and he's playing a ton of minutes. They don't have two games this week. Um, and that's Boone Jenner. Um, but Boone Jenner is literally playing like last four games, 21 minutes, 55 seconds, 22 minutes, 20 minutes, 19 minutes and first power play. And he's got five goals already. So like, it's not really a guy I want to really drop. I kind of want to see how it plays out more with him. Yeah. Um, there, there are guys like that, but I think you look at your opponent, maybe see what he's dealing with, look at the man game situation and kind of adjust on the fly. The tough thing with, uh, especially with, with Colorado and Columbus this week in particular is that they play on just a Tuesday and a Saturday. So they play on two busy nights this week. Mm-hmm. And if you have like one of those fringe waiver wire guys on a Colorado or a Columbus, what like do you, you do with JT Comfer? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 he's, he's performing too well. Like I try not to uh, pull a guy on a bench while he's going, right. Like you give it, give it three games and he stops going. And then it's like, okay, he's a fringe guy. He can go on the bench or he can be dropped. But you can't do that when they're in the middle of it. He's still point per game, right? You can't no. bench someone who's point per game when you have it, at least in a depth or a deep league with a big right. roster size. Right. No, I, I'm with you. Um, let me throw out a few more names who I think are a bit interesting. You guys tackled a ton of them, but I've kind of separated my list here in like deep leagues versus shallow leagues. Um, deeper leagues, Jace mentioned a bunch of names. The only one I'm going to add is Rasmus Asplund. Who I think had a really good good past few weeks. Um, PP one, and I think he's playing with Olsen and Tage Thompson at five on five. Mm-hmm. Um, only three games this week, but I think he's been pretty solid the past few games, and he's a bit of an interesting call for me. Uh, and then in shallower leagues, I got Chandler Stevenson. We mentioned Rasmus Anderson. He's not he's available in under fifty percent of leagues. Um, I'm going to throw this question out there before I know we kind of had to get going. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season right now, Rasmus Anderson or Jeff Petrie? I'd still rather Petrie, but I'm a big Rasmus Anderson guy. I'm a big Rasmus Anderson guy. He's someone I've Which been says something. On. Which says I, something, though. If you're a big fan of him and you still prefer Petrie, then... Just because Petrie's, Petrie's got a, a history of consistent point production, and it's someone that's kind of constantly flew under the radar, for me at least, in terms of fantasy relevancy, but... He is somebody that has put up 40, 50, 60 points, at least of that pace over the last three or four years. And I think once you get to that point, you do deserve some more respect and recognition from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective. And I still think he's the number one defenseman offensively, at least on that team. Sure, the pucks aren't going in, but I think that he's due to bounce back in some way, shape or form here. Mm-hmm. And versus Rasmus Anderson, this is going to like I was big on him last year because of the whole 
PP1 situation. This year, I know for sure he's PP1. He's been playing well, so I do have a lot more confidence in him. But he just don't, doesn't have that track record, and I still think there's a little bit more of a question mark there for him. But that's not to say that I wouldn't be picking up Rasmus Sanderson right now because if he was available in my, any, any league I was in, I would pick up Rasmus Sanderson. It's close. It's closer than I thought and much closer than I had it a month ago, right? So it's an interesting one for me. Um, a couple more names, and then we'll get into studs of the week. Cam Fowler, he's off to a great start. He's got three games this week. I think Pavel Zaka is really interesting. I think he's got three more games this week and four points through his last four games. He shoots the puck a ton. I like him as well. Um, two guys we mentioned earlier. This is for shallower leagues. If Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond are available, I think they're both good value with four games this week. Absolutely. Uh, let's get into socking behavior studs of the week, and then we'll let you guys go. Uh, as always, a sponsor on our show is SockingBehavior.com. They have fantastic products. If you're ever looking for quality, quality socks, these guys are your go-to guys. Um, use code PuckPod10. Take 10% off your next order. SockingBehavior.com. They're the best in the biz. So with that in mind, let's look at the best in the biz in the NHL fantasy world from this week. Guys, who do you have as your fantasy, fantasy hockey Socking Behavior stud of the week? I'll go a little off board here. I mean, he's, he's been awesome. He's got five points in his last three games, 15 shots or 14 shots in his last three games, a couple power play points. And on a weaker team, he's a, he's a positive. So Adam Henrique, uh, keep it going, bud. Jace, who you got? I'm going to go a little bit off the board here too. It's not someone that you would have drafted in your first uh, couple of rounds in fantasy, not the sexiest fantasy name, especially on a loaded team. But Alex Kalorn has been fantastic over the last week. He's got four goals, two assists. I believe he was the second star of the week in the NHL. Uh, and he's been a plus three. And, you know, Tampa hasn't had the strongest start, at least not the dominant start we've come to expect from them. But he has been steady in terms of his production, even more so than a Braden Point, even more so than, uh, well, I was going to say Steven Stamkos, but that's just not true. That's a lie. Uh, he's been great. He's been one of the probably the second best fantasy player on that team. More production than Victor Hedman. So four goals, two assists. Boom. Stud of the week. So I am going to go. We don't give a lot of goalie love on this show. We really should maybe give a bit more love to the goalies. Um, Jakob Markstrom was the best player in fantasy this week, whether it was a points league or a categories league. This guy was just outstanding. He literally he played three games. He let in one goal throughout the three games. Uh, two shutouts. Um, he's got three shutouts through his last four games as well. I'm not going to count that fourth game for this week, but he has been outstanding. He's probably the early Vesna candidate right now. It's very early, cool. I know. Um, but he he was he was outstanding this week. He in back to back weeks he has helped me really crush my goalie cats leagues. And Jakob Markstrom deserves some love right now. Calgary's actually been looked really really solid, really oh, solid, yeah. really impressive. Um, but Jakob Markstrom is my fantasy hockey stud of the week. Uh, and with that, uh, we are going to let you guys go. It's been another really, really fun show, though. Uh, as always, though, you ever want to shoot us a message, you got any questions for us, uh, shoot us a message on Instagram or Twitter at the underscore FH network. I'm your host, David Rosen, with Jace Rosen, Steven Miota. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>